Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Nose Podcast, a platform for me to nose into other people's business. On this podcast, I strive to share with you stories from a range of different people over various different topics. So before my nose starts twitching any further, let's get down to business. Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Big Nose Podcast. Today I am joined by an old friend, uh, a dear friend, who is actually not in, in this country at the moment. Uh, she is in outside of Europe, but not too far away at the same time. She is in Wales, Bangor, Wales. It's great. Uh, Grace, as I, as I alluded to in the intro, you're not actually in Ireland at the moment. You're talking to me via Zoom from Bangor in Wales. I've never heard of Bangor. I thought Bangor was somewhere uh, up towards Belfast in Northern Ireland. So what has you in Bangor? Well, I basically I decided that I wanted to be a primary school teacher. And that was always my goal of I wanted to be a teacher. There was no stopping me. That was it. I was destined to be a teacher. And unfortunately in Ireland, to become a primary school teacher, you have to have a higher level uh, leading cert, or probably phrase it, in um, Irish, which I didn't, because I'm dyslexic. I stopped doing Irish when I was 13, 14, so like first year kind of thing. Um, And the first year they turned around and went, oh yeah, no, you don't need to do this anymore. So it kind of limited my options. So the only real option I had was to leave the country. And did, so, was there was there uh, many was there many options on the table before you left the country, or was it you hadn't heard of this place in, in Wales, or was there a couple of options? Um, it was I kind of went through like UCAS, so I don't know if you know much about UCAS. It's basically the UK's version of CEO right. or C, CAO. Yeah, yeah CAO. That's the one we still use at the moment. Um, not years since I've gone through that, um, but they. Basically, I went through it and I put through like a lot of options and soon figured that if I wanted to do primary school teaching in the UK, I had to do it kind of like a backdoor way. So I had to do something like childhood and youth studies and then transfer over or do PGCE. So I applied to, I think it was like six universities. So I looked at Birmingham, looked at Liverpool, Plymouth, uh, Aberystwyth, which is another place in Wales, and Bangor. And I got options back from Bangor, Aber, Plymouth and Birmingham. And I kind of went, okay, well, let's look at my options here. Which one is the better course? Which one has the better resources? They were all pretty much the same. Then I kind of went, okay, realistically, if I have to get home, if something, God forbid, something happened to a family member and I have to get home, what, how would I get home? So I looked at Plymouth. To get home from Plymouth, I'd have to travel on like four different trains and get a flight. Mm-hmm. Birmingham, Birmingham, it's central, it was grand. Yeah. Um, Aber was the same. Then Bangor, I'm half an hour away from the boat. Couldn't get home faster, like. Yeah. So, the, so, so I kind of went. So it ticked the box from that point of view. It was like, right, Bangor, Bangor is the place to be. So I suppose knowing you as I do, um, you know, knowing you through school and, and then obviously you were thinking about doing this and trying to figure a way out in terms of what you want to achieve and, you know, going on to trying to be a primary school teacher or a teacher or what have you. Um, 
going away from home, as in, I, I know you, I knew you quite well at that stage. I thought you were very much of a home bird. What was the reaction to your friends, your family, when you said, "Okay, I'm going off the banger, and uh, um, I'll see you later." What the hell do you think you're doing? Was I think the general consensus of it. Um, I, my mum, God love her, has been so supportive. Like it was kind of a, okay. If this is what you think you need to do, do it. Yeah. Like you can go and do it, and I will support you no matter what. At the end of the day, it's your life. I'm not going to stop you from doing what you want. My friends were kind of the same, but like my best friend Leah was like, oh but we had all these plans. Like we were both going to stay in Dublin, we were both going to do this, we are going to do that. And I was like, well, I can't live at home for the rest of my life. I don't think I could manage doing three, four years of college and still live at home. Because I think myself and my mother's relationship wouldn't have survived that. Very <laughs> like, true. You know, Very true of a lot of people, yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of a, they all supported me and it was a, uh, right, okay, we'll see you when we see you then. So off I went. Off you went. And at the, at, the, at the time you were originally going over, what were you deciding to study? Um, originally I was doing childhood and youth studies with child psychology. Wow, that sounds a lot. So it does. It sounds really interesting too. It really wasn't. Really? <laughs> it wasn't at all a cracked out to be. So. So you went over, you decided to do this course, and I suppose one of the big things, and I know for myself, because I went away, I was over in Germany for a short while um, studying, and I've done exchange programs, and in your mind before you leave, it's the excitement, the apprehension, but I, I suppose one of the big questions I wanted to ask you was, what was the reality between what you had in your preconceived mind about going away to the harsh reality of living away from home, making new friends, trying to um, get everything done that you need to registration, setting up your bank accounts, all of that. How did you find that, manage that? I have no idea. <laughs> it was very stressful. It was very, like, overwhelming. There was so much, like, I kind of went, right, I've got my bags packed. Off I go, not a care in the world. But then the reality of everything costs money. Everything, like, I'm not as... Because, like, over here, if you go to, like, third-level education, every UK student gets, like, loans, depending on what your family's incomes are. It's kind of like Susie, but everyone gets it. Yeah. So I was kind of at a disadvantage, whereas, like, I was paying... Mum and I were paying for my accommodation, we were paying for my food, we were paying for my drinking habits, you know. Everything came out of our back pocket rather than from the government's unlike everyone else so that kind of set in I think in I think by the end of the October of my first year I kind of went right I'm gonna actually have to get a job I'm gonna actually have to pretend to be an adult and like I don't know how much of like the 2016-2017 you remember but I was a mess when I came back after my first year I was straight in trying to earn as much money just so I could actually yeah, live the way it was, to you were willing to work every hour that God sent and you weren't going to say no because you knew that you had a finite period of time to get the money together to sustain your lifestyle or whatever it was to be lifestyle when you when you went back to Bangor. Um, in terms yeah. of Bangor University, Bangor, Bangor as a town and a place to live, work, socialise, 
and in terms of the university itself is it is a large university look and we i know from my own experience here in dublin you have trinity college ucd dcu and they're big campuses and then you have the likes of dit and dut as it is now i think it is it's developing I, I've never heard of Bangor University. I don't know if anybody on this podcast would have heard of them. Maybe they will. But can you ex- describe what type of campus life was like, you know, the demographics, the type of people that were in attendance? Was it a wealthy college? Was it a wealthy university? Or was it kind of a middle of the road? It's kind of 50-50. Like, oh, I don't know what best way to describe it, but it's like, it wouldn't be as, like, known or obviously not as, like, popular as, say, Trinity. But by campus size and courses and everything else, I'd probably put it up against um, DCU. Yeah. By like size and, well, the campus really isn't like a campus. Like it wouldn't be all in one area. Yeah. It's literally spread all over the town. Like you've got, where I'm currently living, I'm down near like the waterfront. And beside me is a university building and it's biometrics and computer science kind of building. Yeah. Then you go further into the town, you've got the chemistry tower, which we now no longer do chemistry, but there's still a chemistry tower. You've got all the um, got all the sciencey kind of environmental science buildings. Then you go up the hill, you've got Main Arts, which is this absolutely gorgeous building. Like it looks like something out of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. And you've got all like English lit psychology because we've got a massive psychology program here then go further down the road and you've got the teaching campus and we're all the way out in our own little area literally about two miles outside of the city center all right that's the thing bangor is supposedly a city but size wise it might it's not much bigger than like swords <laughs> so yeah, so i was going to say i i sense a bit of skepticism in, in this in the use of the word city when you describe bangor um, it's it's a large yeah. it's a large town and and I suppose for people who know Dublin it sounds like it's very similar to what the DIT had in terms of they had different schools and different buildings dotted around the Dublin Dublin city which is you know it can be interesting I suppose in terms of being able to visit different parts of the city and getting different inputs but it also can be a pain in the arse trying to move around and, and trying to get to different yeah. lectures and stuff like that. So that's kind of the geography and, and where it is. But in terms of student life, what type of mix people and what type of, you know, interests or, or what was student life? Is it, is it really a student town? Like, like Galway is known in Ireland for being a real student town or, or city, I suppose. I shouldn't dispe- misspeak of, of Galway City. Um, it is a, is a busy city in it, but it's known, it's known as a university city. How was life like that for for the guys in, in Bangor in terms of the nightlife and, and the student life? Well, it is quite like Galway in that sense. Yeah, it's a proper student town because like the population without the students is about a third of what it is when the students are here. We kind of take over, kind of hated by a lot of the locals, but that's neither here nor there. We always are. Um, we have two nightclubs. You've got one proper one, which... The only place, the only way I could describe it is like Tomangos in Port Marnock. Right, yeah. Do you remember Tomangos? Yeah. I do. So it's very much like that. Dress code's slightly different than Tomangos would have been. Then you've got a proper like student nightclub, which is, do you remember the rugby club discos you used to go to as a teenager? Santonians. Kind of was something I would have attended. Okay. That's the only way I could describe it. It's like that. It's it, it's enjoyable, and you get what you. It's like Ronsil Wood saying, "You get exactly what it says in the tin." 
Exactly. Exactly. And in terms of the Irish in, in Bangor, obviously you were there, you know, um, but is there a big community within within Bangor in terms of the, the college, the university? There's a lot of us. We even have our own little society, which I was both grateful and not grateful for over the years. I was also president of it for two years. You know me, I have to be the boss of everyone. President? So that worked oh my out God. very well. How did, who, who did you buy off to get to that position? Surprisingly, it didn't take that much convincing. It was. I don't want to know. So I do not want to know how that happened. But anyway, there was an Irish fraternity. In terms of that, what like what does that mean? Was does there you know did they enjoy Bangor? Where where were they from? Were they all in the same courses? What what were they up to over in, in Bangor? We were a massive mix. Like there was cause like technically I'm I would count my, I would count myself as a Mayo girl. I always have been. Always will be. But there was like a couple of us from Mayo. There was quite a lot of Northern Irish. There was actually a lad I went to school with in Port Marnock who was over here as well. He was the year ahead of me. Quite a few from like down south. So we were a massive mix of people. In broad church, um, right, yeah. Big personalities, as you can well imagine. It was always, we used to do jersey nights. Like, you know what they do in Galway, where you go out and they um, all wear the jerseys, their home jerseys and stuff. We all did that. We all go out and not a sinner would be able to understand a word any of us were saying. You know yourself, when there's a mix of different strong accents, we all clash and not a word meant twice. And I suppose we all... you would you probably lean on each other for support and there would be a lot of the homesickness maybe, you know, and you'd probably get to know a lot of the people better than maybe some people that you're even in your course. But... In terms of challenges that the Irish faced over there, was there anything that would stick out in your mind over the years that you were there that would really stick out for you? Yeah, okay. I had a couple of Northern Irish lads that were a bit opinionated on certain historical facts that happened years and years ago and would, after a few jars of them, they um, went around chanting certain things they shouldn't. Um, I think that was our main issue was a lot of them felt when they were drunk they needed to educate the English and tell the English how awful they all are and etc etc but it also made us all bond with the Welsh a lot more <laughs> yeah. we all had a common ground and I suppose that's something I, I, I didn't think of I, I was thinking of Bangor as a Welsh university but of course as much as there was Irish there there was also English and was there many other nationalities outside of the Welsh and the Irish um, there's a lot of Chinese and a lot of Japanese. I remember a few years ago being told there's like a whole apartment block and hall section that is just for Chinese students that the Chinese government actually pay for. Wow. So a lot of them come over for two, three years, either do a part degree or a full degree, and it's all paid for by their government. I don't know very much about it, but I just remember hearing about it. But... Technically, as Republic of Ireland, we were all classed as international students. So we, at the very beginning, we all moved in slightly early. And I just remember going to like, the first event of the year kind of thing back in my first year and seeing all these people going, I think I'm one of the only people who has fluent English. Because <laughs> <laughs> there were so many, like, there was even a few Aussies, weirdly. It's a long way to go to go to college or university from Australia to Bangor and Wales. But you yeah, could say the same about Ireland. You could say the same about going to any college in Ireland. It's a long way from anywhere for Australians to get to Ireland. 
one of the big things, I suppose, when you started off in Bangor back in, was it 2016? 2016, yeah. Yeah. Um, Brexit and, you know, the British leaving the European Union, our, our wonderful European Union, as I should say. Big fan, big fan of the European Union. But the British decided, you know, all the old colonial power that they wanted to leave. And, and it was something that was obviously uh, in conversation and was prevalent then throughout your time um, over in Bangor and still is, I suppose, in recent time with actual leaving, thank God, eventually, of the English and the British, I should say, not the English, uh, from the European Union. It was. Um, I suppose for getting an Irish, I suppose, a feel for the Irish over there. What, the, what And it's interesting that you said about, you know, had, you had Northern Irish people, so they might have a different opinion on what they thought of Brexit and, and, and eventually coming through. But in terms of the Irish amongst yourself and the uh, and your friends there, was there was it a big thing that, you know, you spoke about or discussed or did it play in your mind when you were in college? Yeah, it came up quite a lot because none of us were 100% sure if like it would actually affect us or not because it was always like you'd always have a few people turn around going oh as soon as brexit's in you have to go home you can't you can no longer be in our country kind of thing and we did get well i know i personally got that quite a lot um but like say northern irish students a lot of them were like oh no you're one of us and they're like no no we're irish too and they're like yeah yeah but you're you're up north so you're british and that was always a full other conversation of if they were irish or british which again history lessons had to come in and explain our flag and everything to them it was always so much fun but um we were always a bit worried like you know what would happen if they actually ever left would our degrees be class like like would i be able to come home with my degree and work in ireland with a like British degree basically and those answers or those questions were never really answered by the university anytime we asked it was kind of a well we don't know like we know as much as you do and that was one of the big things yeah that was one of the big things about Brexit especially when you were there because you were there in the middle of it because it was happening as you were studying so every week something different came out so it changed the parameters in which you were going to be graduating under whatever degree that you were going to come out with and that was one thing I went to ask you, like the university, obviously, then if they were getting a lot of students in, in terms of the international, how would it affect them? Did, were they strongly opposed to Brexit or were they for Brexit or or what was the, the general ethos from the coming from the communicated from the, the college? Like the college would, was kind of looking at it like, right, if Brexit happens, we can now charge more for the same degrees. Now, there is like a thing in place with um, Irish students in Wales that we pay the same uh, fees as the Welsh students so instead of paying a full nine grand we only paid I think what was mine 5,100 which yeah. it's still a lot of money but it's a lot less um, so we weren't sure if that would change we weren't sure if we'd have to pay international amounts or we'd have to pay the nine grand or would that change in the middle of our degree like would we still be able to finish our degrees you know different things like that again these questions still haven't been answered like the uk have left the european union now and we're still no closer to actually knowing if that's going to happen yeah and i think one of the big things you take away and if you look back at a lot of the 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 protests against when brexit went through and if you look back at those of the people who were voting uh for remain a lot of them would have been younger people pro-europeans similar in your age to you and younger 
who would have been and and, and that I talk about not just yourself but obviously the British that were there when able to vote and the Welsh like the Welsh voted to remain the Scottish voted to remain and Northern Irish voted to remain so the visions obviously w- worked out but in terms of in terms of the guys you were talking to were they really remainers or do you think they were leavers it was quite split down the middle like there was I know there's one lad I got like I was quite good friends with that literally turned around and goes oh, I don't know why everyone's complaining about Brexit like it's going to be the best thing for the country and I was like okay in what sense and one person literally turned around to me and goes as soon as brexit happens everyone's going to have equal rights to work everyone's going to have equal rights there's no going to be no division no nothing and i was like you do realize that's basically the opposite of what's going to happen everyone now is going to have to like fill in forms to stay working here everyone's going to need a visa and they're like yeah but then everyone will have equal rights and you're like no that's I don't think you've completely understood what's going on. I still, I'll be honest, I still have no idea what's actually going to happen from this. All I know is people from Ireland don't have to fill in this, like, visa form. Like, I don't need a visa to be here anymore because of the common travel area. So we're safe from that. But there's so many other students and everything that now needs to fill in forms and get visas just because they're coming from, like, Spain or Poland or anywhere like. And do you think going so into, the, think... into the future of the college and general colleges, so there would have been a huge um, influx of international students to not just in Wales but across the the UK of students. You know that is now going to change. Surely, do you think in terms of going forward because there's going to be so much red tape. As you said, the college courses can now go up in price to whatever to the highest bidder in terms of what the college can charge. Do you think it's going to have a negative effect on the diversity the the variety of student that's attending college in the uk i think so like you'll still have a few people that will be like right doesn't matter i want my education from over there so i'm gonna go i'm gonna get my education from there but then you have other families that were looking for grants and stuff that may not be there anymore yeah. like they may not be able to afford it or get anything like that so it might and this it is- might bring the numbers down yeah, well, this is the thing, because there was, from a European point of view, there would have been the Erasmus program, which you could have got grants through in terms of attending a European, another European college. And now, because the UK is outside of that, those colleges and those people can't uh, avail of those grants. And that's going to be something that's going to massively impact not just students going to the UK, but also UK students and anybody coming up through school during their DCCSEs and A-levels uh, coming out of the UK and wanting to go and get an education maybe in Ireland or probably more likely going to germany or france or or, or, or or anywhere else in the continent it's going to really massively affect that yeah absolutely like i know there's a few people i know that are on erasmus at the moment and like they're heading back now after christmas and they're still not sure what's going on and it was all it was already up in the air at the moment because of covid and everything like were they allowed to travel were they still allowed to go to a different university etc etc yeah, and so I think it's what happened at the one time, and I don't think it's going to do very well for universities. No, across Europe, and you know, you always have the international, as you said, coming in from America, Australia, South America. They they were already paying, so it's not going to massively affect them. But it's just thinking about you know going forward and the collaborations. Like you would have had science collaborations across a lot of the universities in the UK with a lot of European universities as well so it's trying to see the bigger picture and as i said to you before a lot of the students in the uk would have been pro remain you know they would have been 
looking at it from a point of view you know in the future we want to travel you know with less restrictions we want to travel you know the movement of people is a massive a massive pro about being a european student but looking at where you are now and obviously as you've uh, kind of applied there is it's kind of covid has really thrown everything up in the air how are you coping with covid and all that as best as I can, like I, I'm really thankful I got to come home in October, November time, and it was the first time since last Christmas I got to go home. Um, I unfortunately couldn't get home for Christmas this year, which is the first time ever. So it's really shown its effect now, and it's strange to say the least. Like I've, I have no idea what's going on. Like I haven't worked now since November. Wow. Like I've still, thankfully, I'm getting furloughed. I've got an amazing boss who, but bosses that have just been so supportive through everything, and you know, keeping us in the loop of what's happening. Because like I work in a little independent restaurant at the moment, it's just hit everyone really, really hard. And in terms of a lot like, of the student, I, in terms of a lot of the students, have a lot of the students decided to go home, and or are they still like yourself hanging on, or, or what? What are they doing? Um, a lot have decided just to work from home because like everything's online anyways at the moment, so. A lot of people have gone home, a lot of people have just stayed home, a lot of people con- cancelled contracts. Because um, that's another thing, like anyone who was in halls have been given an option to opt out of it. Anyone in private accommodation haven't been so lucky. Because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how nice you are to your landlord or anything like that, at the end of the day, we're all a paycheck. Absolutely. Like, and a lot of people don't seem to see it that way. A lot of people are like, oh no, but our landlord should best do like you know get or a contract early but it's like that's not how the real world works no and that's a part of growing up and the the joys of a contract and you know if we if we look back at the start of this conversation and you know you alluded to the fact you know the reason you went to bangers because it was so easy to get home this is the effect of covid it throws your plans right right up in the air and if you had to stay at home you wouldn't have been able to do the course so it's hard sometimes looking into the future and trying to get a crystal ball and knowing what's going to happen i know that from my personal experience trying to organize things myself it's it's not easy but you know we're hopeful now with the vaccine that the vaccine's coming on board the uk seems to be ahead of a lot of the countries around the world in terms of getting it so once we can get the people who are at risk kind of um vaccinated and, and safe i think we will definitely see the economies whether it's the uk economy the irish or european economy opening up come spring come summer we'll definitely looking at at a place where you'll be able to get back to work and, and do what you want to do as well and, you know, earn a few bob and, and also travel home in a safe way because, as you said, it's it's hopping on a boat and getting across uh, the, from Hollyhead, I presume. And it, is it Hollyhead? Yeah, it's Hollyhead, yeah. yeah see, I still know my geography. It's very good, very impressive. But, Grace, the main <laughs> thing is uh, that's been very insightful for anybody who's thinking of going abroad. You know, in an ideal world, with outside of COVID, flying home and back from the UK is, is very simple or, or getting the boat as you as you do. But across Europe, and I think the education that you can find across Europe, it's not just about filling in as you, you alluded to the CAO. Um, you, there is education opportunities across not just the UK and Ireland, but across Europe. And it's there's so much you learn about yourself um, in terms of living away from home. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Like I... I wouldn't be the same person I am today if I'd stayed at home. I I think since moving here, I have completely come out of my shell. Like I think over the years, you could probably say the same. I I'm not the same person now that I was when we first met in the airport. No, 
still still mental you know still mad but you know oh, well, that's never going to change <laughs> uh, yeah and that's just a part of your characteristics i suppose well i thank i want to thank you for joining me today uh, on this podcast uh, it's great to have guests on and it's great to hear your story and, and see how you you've developed through your journey with Bangor University and, and it's been a great insight into what it's like to be in the UK at this moment in time. The UK is a very interesting place. Um, but thank you very much for your time.